0: right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA Podcast. My name is Keith. Here, once again, all alone for a solo interview episode. Sorry to mix up the releases on you. Uh, We had to move some things around because of holiday, you know, travel weekend. So this will be going up to your ears on Tuesday morning. Uh, Chuck and John and myself will record the full episode sometime on Tuesday. And so that will be out for you on Wednesday this week. Sorry, you have to wait an extra day to hear the guys you love. John and Chuck, join me for the full episode. Another day for people to submit their nominations for the International Stackhouse of Pancakes. Speaking of International Stackhouse of Pancakes, I am crushing My competitors over on Fantrax.com. Yes, I did invent the league, so perhaps I had a little built-in advantage for who might be really good. But so far, uh, so good. Keith's team killing the iShop League over on Fantrax.com. It is the most exciting fantasy basketball league I've ever played Uh, If you want to support our program and maybe next year get involved with the International Stackhouse of Pancakes Negative Fantasy League for Pride and Glory, the way you do that is become one of our patrons over at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Those people pay for the creation of this show as we have entered our fourth season of doing it. Probably the most popular option is the $3 a month option where you join our slack chat where we talk about basketball and football and movies and politics whatever else around the clock there's so many different channels which are kind of like subreddits where you can talk about whatever you want there uh we have a lot of fun doing that and obviously we thank those people who are doing that and are in that talking with us if you want more john and chuck in your lives that's the way They're there every day to respond to your questions and uh, make jokes and have a good old time. All right, today's episode, uh, it's about the G League. It's something I don't know that much about, but again, their season just started a few weeks ago, so it's good to check in with some of those guys who are hopefully going to end up in the NBA at some point. Uh, The call today, we had a couple of Skype issues where Skype stretched out uh, the guest's voice. made it sound a little weird, but hopefully that... Won't bug you guys. All right, so on to the interview. If you need a new shave, you know, in the holiday season, go to harrys.com slash fastbreak. If you want to support the show directly, patreon.com slash breakfast. My guest today, you possibly know his work from Ridiculous Upside, an expert on all things G League Dakota Schmidt. Dakota, how are you?
1: I am uh, doing good on this beautiful Monday morning, Thanksgiving week. The weather is crisp in Nashville, Tennessee. Where are you, Dakota? It, I'm in Wisconsin, where it's also very crisp. Ah, was... A little bit more crispier than it probably is in Nashville.
0: It could, it could be. We're a uh, cold morning here, but who knows. Uh, on this crisp morning in Wisconsin, did you have a chance to have breakfast? Uh yeah, I had some toast and I had a banana. Toast and banana—that's healthy.
1: Yes, simple. That's, that's a that's a classic little breakfast.
0: I might even say Spartan.
1: That's a yes.
0: helps continue the ascetic lifestyle of someone who watches the G League. How does yes. one become a G League fan? How did you
1: become a G League fan? I became a G League fan around five years ago, and it's I probably I really haven't. Pinpointed the exact reason why I became a fan, but, you know, ever since I was young and, you know, got into sports, I always liked, you know, the underdog, uh-huh. uh, you know, the player or the team that came from nothing and, you know, just, uh, just started to shine. And, uh, you see a lot of those kind of players in the G League guys that, you know, are, you know, undrafted and go through the, you know, the G League tryouts or the G League, uh, draft you know they get picked up by an NBA team and they you know turn into a guy like Robert Covington or Hassan Whiteside
0: do you have an all-time favorite guy who made it through the the D-League now G-League
1: I Jonathan Simmons is probably the guy for me yeah because when he entered the league when he entered a G-League you know not a lot of people you know knew who he was because he was a you know trial player. You know, uh when it comes to G League, most people focus on either uh the the affiliate players, the guys that come from that particular team's uh train camp, uh draft picks or, you know, this year two way deals and Simmons wasn't any of that, but you know, he he progressed he, you know, stood out as a solid player with the, I believe it was then called the Austin Toros became the before they became known as the uh, Austin Spurs their name uh, today, and then he progressed in the G League, had a few uh, solid, you know, summer leagues and, you know. look at what he is now yeah yeah Earned that
0: good contract from the magic i remember when i first saw jonathan simmons i was actually with uh one of our listeners and friend of the show uh, damon rangula we were in vegas at summer league and he he came on the court for the spurs he had a steel breakaway dunk where he dunked all Mm -hmm. over somebody and we were like who in the world is this guy and i opened up the summer league program and he wasn't even in the summer league program like he, (laughs) he like he hadn't even been added to the program he was a a late addition guy who burst onto the scene and he immediately first time I saw him I was like wow that guy's good yeah. and, and a lot of times I do that like immediate snap judgment it's not always right but the Jonathan Simmons it turns out uh, NBA player
1: another guy uh, like that last year was uh, David Nwaba yeah he uh, like Jonathan Simmons he was another trial player and I, when I watched him uh, play with the LA defenders dude it was just so much fun to watch he's you know what is he a 6'4 six, 6'5 six, yard Uh, He crashes the offensive paint with, you know, reckless abandon. He just is an insane player on the deep end, you know, chased down blocks for days, steals for days. And now uh, he's, you know, one of the, he's a solid rotation piece for the Bulls. I know it's the Bulls are an awful team, but uh, it's a pretty good uh, story considering where Nawaba was at this time last year.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to things from Nuaba. I like how he plays. I was kind of I was making fun of my Lakers friends for uh, them releasing him. I'm like, that's the only fun guy you guys had. I guess they have <laughs> they they have fun guys now too. So maybe yeah. the opportunity in Chicago uh will help him out. So are you pretty excited uh being uh, you know a G League Maven and being in Wisconsin that you guys got an expansion team this year in the Herd?
1: Yes, I am excited about the Herd. And you know for, you know, in any league expansion teams you know usually are terrible uh and usually that's the case uh in the g-league as well but the uh the wisconsin herd have a you know hell of a roster if when you uh, factor in two ways or not but if you factor in two ways they can you know on a game-by-game basis have you know gary payton jr joe bomboy what I love, uh, Xavier Munford, who is currently uh, actually with uh, Team USA for the uh, FIBA, I think it's the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. Right. Uh, they also have a uh, Cl- Cliff Alexander, you know, who's a you know, five-star recruit, and you know, is trying to get his uh, career back going. Uh, Cameron Oliver, who is you know a very solid player with uh Nevada. Uh, James Young. A former first-round pick who, uh, you know, unfortunately didn't get a good opportunity with the Boston Celtics, but he has uh, been fantastic uh, so far with the Herd. He had a 40-point game this weekend. So, yeah, uh, the Herd have a fun roster, and I love uh, watching them play. They might have a fun
0: roster. They have a terrifying logo. (laughs) <laughs> Who decided that a three-headed deer was a good look? It reminds me of uh, Cerberus.
1: I I I have loved that logo uh, from day one. I actually wrote an article about that like the a day or two after it was re- released. But uh, as I mentioned in that article, I believe, I said that basically the Hertz logo is like the bucks, but you just copy and paste in two more deer. Yeah. And the Bucks Bucks logo in itself is, you know, kind of terrifying with that angry deer, but you add in two more? It's, right, it's absolutely terrifying. So
0: if you if you've never seen it, look it up. But it is. It's just they took the Bucks logo and they added. So now it's three you know possessed deers, and you can't see their torsos. So I assume all their necks are combining to meet on the same torso. It's like
1: it's like some Stranger Things monster.
0: It really it, it really is, and I don't know. I kind of think it's a terrible logo. Also, like I think it's as you said, it's like a copy paste. Like this is what they came up with, but it also is a comically, hilariously
1: uh, frightening. And and like uh, like the Bucks logo, the Hertz logo kind of looks like a like a thing you would put your uh, beer on, a beer cozy. <laughs> oh, or whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's all like the new NBA logos that are circles. Where they look. This yes. is uh, like oh, this is a uh, this is a coaster your uh coaster yes yeah, yeah. You, your design is a coaster all right uh you mentioned some of the the best players from the herd uh are there any other players or or tell me i guess the season just started we're a couple of weeks in uh the draft was a couple of weeks ago uh were there any notable highlights or big names from the draft or anything about that we should go over
1: um the drafts compared to prior last year uh the that was called the D League Draft they had uh, Anthony Brown who, you know, was a D League All-Star. And due to, you know, the addition of two ADLs and also the uh fact that um a lot of teams like to just bring in rookies for like one day just so they can have them on their uh G League team. The uh the quality of talent in this year's uh G League draft is uh doesn't really, you know, match up with uh priors but uh some I guess intriguing names is uh Tony Roden who wasn't even picked in the, <laughs> picked in the first round of the D-League draft which uh which was really really interesting and the number one pick is a dude named uh Eric Studeville who played with uh Sacramento State he's a center it was picked by the Northern Arizona Suns and he really hasn't Got much playing time, which is kind of weird for a first overall pick. Unless yeah. you know they're picked by the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. <laughs> uh, the first pick was going to be Joel boy He uh, he entered his name into the G League draft, but on the day before the draft, the Milwaukee Bucks signed him to a two way deal, which was awful for the Suns because. They traded two of their better players from the prior season, and they also uh, traded uh, their first round pick for an opportunity for that first overall pick, thinking that they would get Bomb Boy. But Bomb Boy went to the Bucks. Yeah, was that any was that gamesmanship by the bucks like is there gamesmanship among these g-league
0: owners for like trying to screw over the other franchises because like if you do if you sign a two-way contract you know they become your uh you know property of your franchise for lack of a better term uh is there is there any is it gamesmanship where they're like oh yeah you traded uh, away these picks to get ball and boy well let me just sign him to a little contract <laughs> boom
1: I I don't know. I think maybe it was like the Bucks picking the best uh, player available because in regards to two ways <laughs> two way deals, the Bucks have uh, kind of been uh, their their two way process has been hectic because I don't know if you remember like at the start of July they immediately signed two players, Bronson Koenig and uh, Jalen Moore.
0: No, I do not remember that. But keep going.
1: Okay. Uh and uh Koenig and Moore, they were with the franchise through July, August, September, and you know, leading in uh to a uh, train camp. Moore left, uh, I think it was due to a uh, anxiety reasons though mostly because of his own uh issues rather than the team, but they also waived bronze bronze and Koenig over the span of, like, seven, eight days. So after having two two-way players in their system throughout um, the offseason, they entered training camp with nothing. During training camp, everybody thought that the uh, the Bucks would bring in James Young. They didn't. Uh, and the, I guess uh, they fell that up with uh, Garrett Payne Jr., who is a young, talented guard who I think is... Uh, better than uh, Matthew Dalvidova and they also brought in uh, Joel Ballenboy, who I'm personally a big fan of. So, like you said, so they signed the two-way contracts, and then those guys move on.
0: Uh, when when a team cuts a two-way player, do they owe him any kind of money?
1: Like, like that money isn't guaranteed, right? I It wasn't for um, Koenig and Moore, because they weren't with the team for... You know, any actual like organized events right. with the Bucks. But I'm not sure about uh during the middle of the season because the uh Mavericks just waived uh Gian Clavel, yep. who was on a two-way deal to bring in a dude named Antonius Cleveland, which is the hell of a name. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I don't know if uh you would think that Clavel would be o- would be owed some amount of money but uh, I'm gonna have to check back in with you on that. Yeah, well, see, uh, to me, I know everyone has praised the two-way deal.
0: Like, oh, we've extended, we've expanded NBA rosters from 15 to 17, so you can keep more guys around. You can have more guys under your team control, and these guys can make a little bit of money. From my perspective, and I might just be confused on it. It seems like a terrible thing for players. It seems like you sign these guys. If they, if one of your two way players does awesome, only the team who has his rights can, can, can call him up. So if a team like needs a point guard and then some point guard is going off, but he's under a two way deal, he, you know, like it used to be any NBA team could call a guy up. And then you also have two way guys signing contracts. And then the teams are like, all right, yeah, let's cut this guy. Let's bring in a new two way guy. So it just seems like it locks up the talent where they where, where they can't move. So is there something about it that I'm not seeing? What the great benefit is for
1: players? Well, in terms of when the uh, players, when the two way players are in the G League, they make a lot more money than tep- typical uh, G Leaguer gets. Right. Uh, the typical G Leaguer, I think, gets twenty five thousand a year, and uh, when two way players are in the G League, if they you know spend the entirety of that season there, they get uh, seventy five thousand which is a you know considerable improvement, well, but, improvement. But
0: if one of those guys gets called up to the NBA anyway, he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars if he's not on a two-way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Hassan Whiteside had been on a two-way deal with the Memphis Grizzlies, who they cut him in training camp however many years ago it was, like three years ago, like if there was two-way deals back then, they might have kept him on a two-way contract. And then when the Miami Heat wanted to bring him up, they could not. And so... In the example now, I don't know. Like say, I I, I know very little about the G League now. But like Quinn Cook, I know is a Warriors two way player. Yeah. Uh, you know, guard. He, he's playing really well. He looks good in summer league as well. So if some team like I don't, like the Suns or somebody wants to bring up Quinn Cook, like they they can't. And so the argument on Quinn Cook's side of the the league side is well, yeah, Quinn Cook's making 75 grand. He's making more money as a two-way player. But if he's good enough to get called up, he would then make NBA minimum, you know, which is half a million dollars.
1: Yeah, but for a two-way, for two-way players, some of these players would get, you know, are able to get an an NBA opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten in, in, you know, previous seasons when, you know, uh, teams can only hold uh, 15 players. Uh, on a roster, for example, uh, Mike James in Phoenix right now, right now, as we speak, he is currently on a two-way deal, which will uh, probably change over. Right. Eventually the Phoenix Suns are going to have to sign him to a regular deal. But, uh, these two-way players like, you know, uh, Mike James, they would, they have an opportunity to actually play in an NBA game, which, you know, they didn't have an opportunity to do in prior years with the uh, short, shortened uh, roster limit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I understand that the, the two-way deal might keep a guy like Mike James from going overseas to make more money. So maybe it kept him in the States longer. It kept him in the system. So then when the injury happened and they finally decided, yeah, we have to bring this guy up. Uh, so then it didn't make sense to have him around. I don't know. I just feel like there's a... Uh, I guess there's given there's there's give and take. It doesn't seem like an awesome thing for the players, but I I, I do understand a little bit uh, of how it helps them. Yeah,
1: and uh, in regards to the two week deals, it also hurts the regular uh, G League players that are looking for call ups because there's you know less open spots available because right. you know uh, why would uh, a team want to sign want to call call a Player up when they have a two-way player that you know plays at the same position.
0: Yeah. All right. So early on the season, are there any other uh, notable players that that have really shown s- so far, or,
1: or any like the notable rookies that have that have stood out? One player that I'm really uh, intrigued and surprised by is uh, Nigel Hayes, uh, who used to play for the Wisconsin Badgers, as uh, some uh, some of the listeners might remember. Uh, he's currently with the Westchester Knicks, the uh, New York Knicks, of course, uh, uh, G League affiliate. He's just like, looks like a completely different player than he was during his time uh, at Wisconsin. He is lighting it up from beyond the, beyond the three-point line. Uh, he's shooting 48% from beyond the arc on, you know, around four attempts per game, which he really didn't do at wisconsin uh and i i think the reason behind that is because of how open and you know fast paced most g league offensive offenses are you know compared uh to college basketball which you know is more slower paced than you know most of the possessions and you know at the end of the shot clock so when that uh when a player like Nigel hayes goes from uh, college to G league, they can, you know, express themselves more as uh players.
0: So uh, who, and who are some other uh, of the young guys or, or, or the other players that you're excited about seeing more of, and you hope get a shot in the
1: NBA? Um, some, he's not, he's not young, the youngest player, but, uh, Torrey Craig is one name that has really stood out to me. He was, he was awesome. Uh, back in Vegas Summer League with the Nuggets, but he's, but he's currently with the Sioux Falls Skyforce due to the fact that the Nuggets don't have their own G League team. But Craig is the Swiss, like the best Swiss Army knife that the G League has seen in years. He's he's a six seven uh, a four. That's a monster on the uh, on the defense end two point four blocks per game, one point four steals, but he can also, you know, uh shoot amazingly from beyond the arc. Uh he's very athletic. Can he can get to the basket. So um while he currently isn't with the Nuggets, I think that he can make an impact at the NBA level in uh future years. But some other names I think uh that NBA fans should keep uh, keep in mind our, uh, Rodney Pur- guards, Rodney Purvis and Mel, uh, Melo Trimble. Uh, Rodney Purvis is with the, uh, Lakeland magic. Melo Trimble is with the, uh, Iowa wolves. There are two guards that are putting up, uh, decent incredible numbers. Actually, uh, sticking with Iowa Emil Jefferson, he's a uh, six, eight, nine, six, ten. uh, keep four, going, man. Uh, who was, uh, with Duke last year. Double double machine, 17 points, 14 rebounds per game, Keith. Ooh. 14 rebounds per game. Well, I don't know the pace of play. <laughs> it um, seems high. Sure. Uh, you also have um Eric McCree, uh rookie who played at Louisiana State last year. Um, like you know, Tory Craig, he's a he's a do-it-all forward. Uh, but unlike Craig, he's a player that you know NBA teams. Are able to uh, pick up, and uh, and yeah, there are a lot of names. Uh, you mentioned earlier in this interview, Quinn Cook, dude is just dude is just bawling out with the uh, San Cruz Warriors, and for the longest time, I have just wished that he was on the NBA roster. And you know, when he in the short stint that he was in the NBA, uh, he put up he had some you know solid production. Like he put up a uh, twenty points in a uh, April game against the Warriors last year when he was with the uh, Pelicans.
0: Well, so a Quinn Cook, a guy, if he wasn't on a two way contract, I could argue like the Grizzlies could cut Andrew Harrison and bring in Quinn Cook while Mike Conley is injured. But of course, <laughs> he is a uh, indentured servitude. Locked into a two-way contract with the the champs. The
1: Grizzlies have Kobe Simmons working in the G League. Uh, Yeah. Oh, how how is
0: how is Kobe looking? He's very raw, based on what I saw this summer and in uh,
1: scrimmages and things. But Kobe Simmons, um, you know, he's not that uh, that player. He's not putting up like twenty-five points per game. But I've been impressed with uh, what I've seen of him. He actually looks pretty comfortable uh controlling the uh controlling action in the half court. Um he's very comfortable, you know, is working with um another Grizzly way player, uh Vince Hunter. Um he's also you know worked with Ivan Rab who has also been just just outstanding. Ivan Rab is just one of the hardest working dudes that I have seen play in the D League this year. Uh, you know he scraps in the board. He you know he plays help defense, but he, for a six ten dude, he also dives for the ball, which is very rare for a player. You know that that height. So there's a couple of big name
0: old veterans that I feel like are playing in in the G League. Uh, like Kendrick Perkins is playing, right?
1: What what are those guys up to? Yes, uh, Kendrick Perkins is actually doing very good. Uh, in the uh, NBA G League I you know his uh you know his you know 13 plus years of experience is uh is coming in handy ag- against these uh younger G League players. Uh you think currently Kendrick Perkins yeah <laughs> uh currently P- Kendrick Perkins is averaging twelve point eight points, eight point six rebounds and three assists per game Keith. Whoa three assists and uh so is the Mac Okamore. He's a he's a double double machine you know fourteen points, eleven boards you know for a player that hasn't you know played organized basketball i guess in like since what twenty thirteen i don't I don't mean to say this rudely. what's the point of those guys being in the g league? I guess it's that one last chance to try to get back into the n b a um more times than not those uh those comeback attempts. This a lot, but there are some uh examples of older players utilizing in the G League to get back into the NBA. For example, um Damian Wilkins, who's currently with the Indiana Pacers, um, you know, like you know, Ameka Okafor, he was out of the NBA for uh four years, of course. Uh Wilkins, you know, played you know overseas in the G League, but uh Wilkins basically used the NBA G League Last year, as a way, you know, to stay in shape, put up, you know, decent numbers and apply and, you know, and play good enough to establish enough film, you know, the scent to NBA teams proven, you know, I can still do this. And I think uh, Okafor and Perkins have that same mindset.
0: I think they just need to get some tape out there. So maybe they get a call up to the big three. <laughs> That'd be that that'd be my that'd be my goal. So right now there are four teams, uh four NBA teams who don't have their own D League affiliate. Uh how long do you think it's going to be? Are there plans already in place for for those four teams to to fill out the G League so we finally have
1: 30 teams for the 30 NBA yeah. teams? Um one of the teams, the Washington Wizards, they have plans uh in place to have a the G League team by uh, 2018, 19, and another team. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans should also have a team for 2018, uh, 19. Unlike the Wizards, uh, the Pelicans don't have like an official location actually in place, but they have said that they do plan on having a team by 2018, 19, which leaves uh, two teams: the uh, Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets, and. I'm not, I'm not sure about you know either of those teams because uh, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Neil O'Shea is not the biggest fan of the G League and you know really isn't a big fan of uh, two way deals. So I'm not, uh, I'm not so sure about when uh, Portland or even Denver are gonna take that dive.
0: You don't think any of those teams, I always wonder if the uh, teams that don't have their own affiliate, do you think anyone has ever sent down a player to the G League to do recon on another team's playbook? <laughs> like maybe some nuggets or people are like, hey, why don't you go over to the uh, the Canton Charge? Let's learn some Cleveland plays.
1: I think that that could be possible, but those players are... Are down for you know such a limited amount of time that you know they probably don't get a full grasp on <laughs> their uh, playbook. And well, well,
0: you'd have to send some down, send someone down you really trust. You're like this guy can learn it quick. <laughs> so uh, the the G League has a f- couple different rules than the NBA. Uh, and I know every year they kind of try out some new things as like a, a testing ground for NBA rules. Uh, are are the, What rules are they working on this year? And or have any of them, do you think,
1: are an improvement on the NBA product? Uh, one rule they're trying out in the month of uh, November is having four referees on the court at the same time. They experimented this last year with like Six or seven games, uh, where you know some games they have four referees, and the other games they have five referees, which um, that's insanity. Uh, made it, you know, not very fun to watch, but uh, with four referees, I think um, the calls have actually improved. There are you know a lot less uh, missed calls than than there were you know in uh, prior years, so. You know, for most NBA fans, that would, you know, be, you know, an improvement. But, you know, some uh, fans of uh, teams where, you know, players kind of, you know, skirt the rules a little bit. It might be an issue uh, for them if the, you know, NBA implements that four referee rule in, you know, future seasons.
0: Is there any data on whether or not there are more
1: fouls called when there are more referees? Uh, for this year, I haven't seen any data come out. I'm probably gonna have to, you know, do the the numbers in the near future, especially just to see how um the four referee referee crews crew stack up to, you know, the prior uh fr- uh three referee crews. But you know, from from my eye test perspective, I definitely think that it's been an improvement. That's interesting. I've always
0: long been on the I'm opposed to more referees, like the four referee thing, because in my mind, in my mind is a fan, like having a we referee, just want to let them play. Well, no, it's more like I'm more impressed when a referee can correctly not blow his whistle. Like I feel like the default in the NBA is if a guy comes barreling into the lane is to call a defensive foul, and so like maybe a defender has good position, hits the ball, and there should be a no call. I'm always impressed. Like all three referees saw that play correctly, or they trusted the referee in position that he had the best perspective, and since he didn't call a foul, I'm not going to call a foul. For me, that is that's like best case scenario refereeing, and so I, I, I worry if you add another whistle on the court, it's another one person who has to withhold the foul and so it seems like less likely to me that we're going to have divas of plays that get rewarded and we're just going to end up with maybe even more free throws which which no one wants. Uh I think I see here that the G League has eliminated the clear path foul review which uh is the greatest thing ever because <laughs> that is my least favorite thing about the entire NBA outside of uh the yeah. demeaning cheerleaders.
1: Yeah. Um I I love it too because uh that foul will, you know, prevent has prevented you know some of the possibly you know most entertaining plays from happening.
0: I mean, I am fine with them calling clear path fouls. Reviewing a clear path foul drives me insane. I'm yeah. just like, you know what? Just make a call. You know, like we all understand the spirit of the rule. I think like make the call. We'll live with it. Like I, I like I, I don't I don't care uh, if on review the guy's head was right ahead of the guy. Like ah. Uh. Dri- dr- drives me nuts. All right. Uh, last couple of things besides the herd uh, among these new teams, uh, who do you think has, has the, the worst u- uniforms and or name?
1: Um, In terms of worst uniform, I probably have to go with the South Bay Lakers actually just mainly because of how big the, uh, the, the sponsor uh, the company logo is on their jerseys most teams have that and you know uh they've had they have had that for you know the past few years so i've gotten used to it but in regards to the south bay lakers it just seems to be like two or three times bigger than most g league teams and that is so distracting maybe they paid for it maybe uh it is i it is the same uh wish uh sponsorship that the regular yeah. L.A. Lakers have.
0: Is is there an accepted abbreviation yet for the team that is the Agua Caliente Clippers of Ontario? Parentheses, not that Ontario. Uh, ACC. ACC. That's good. Yes. That's good. That's 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 not bad. Oh, also on the rules, so the coaches can challenge fouls. How how has that worked out for you as a viewer? It like do you think it's cool or or does it end up being more frustrating?
1: Um sometimes it's cool but it, for me it's more uh frustrating cuz you know it just slows the pace of the game and uh makes the game time go longer than, you know, most times that it should. All
0: right, and, and f- so so finally uh a lot of these teams have and especially the newer teams they're they're putting their D, their g league team closer you know like in the same town or in a suburb or somewhere really close by to like the, the neighboring club like the the wisconsin herd you know close to milwaukee uh the the hustle uh the memphis hustle like our you know a suburb let me interrupt a, a you memphis. The memphis
1: hustle yes their entire marketing has been amazing from their logos from their just Fantastic jerseys, you know, even their, you know, broadcasting crew, and just everything has been perfect for the Memphis Hustle. I want you right now to take a look at the Memphis Hustle jersey oh, and yeah. tell me that's awesome. <laughs> not the best jersey in pro basketball.
0: Well, see, I felt I, think that. I would be too biased. I mean, I, I, I'm I a Grizzlies fan. I'm a bit of a company man. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I didn't even want to go too far praising the Memphis Hustle. I love their logo. I, I love, you know, like, just the font. It's fun. Like, the jerseys are cool, good colors. Uh, yeah, no, I'm all about the Memphis Hustle. I'll let you say it. I, I talk about the Grizzlies too much. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will, I'll let you say it. But do, do you think there's any, for the, for the teams that are nearby to their parent club to the parent team is there an unfair competitive advantage as far as the g league games because like the grizzlies can send drill martin to south haven for a game just that night be like oh hey go, go go play for the hustle today and you're not actually leaving the club there's no travel time it's just getting your car and drive 20 minutes so do you think there's a, an unfair competitive advantage for the g league games for those teams that can just send their players over that day
1: well, definitely. Uh, when you you know watch somebody play with the hustle, or you know play with the you know uh, Wisconsin herd, you know San Cruz Warriors, RGB Vipers, they just seem to be more rested than you know players that you know traveled you know hundreds of miles for you know an assignment game. A hustle player or a herd player, you know most times they not like have have to travel like a half hour or an hour, so. Like between times, like a regular, you know, practice to in the NBA to like a G League game, that uh that energy and that intensity of you know playing in that practice is there during the uh the G League games, and more times than not, those players you know put up you know better numbers in G League games and players that you know had to travel. I also think, like, I mean, what what's to keep?
0: say you know like the Santa Cruz Warriors like if they have a playoff game or like a must win game to be like hey uh, hey Pat McCaw and Jordan Bell go play for the Santa Cruz Warriors tonight cuz i feel like that's that's seems like that's stuff's going to happen when these team when these teams get competitive
1: yeah that that definitely has happened uh in uh in uh D League playoff games the uh the Raptors not of five won, won the uh title last year won oh yeah! won the G League title last year and a lot of that was due to Raptors, uh, Toronto Raptors' the Chinese, uh Bruno Caboclo and uh, Pascal, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam was actually the MVP yeah. of the G League playoffs, and Bruno Caboclo essentially won them their uh, their title game. Um, didn't like last uh, year. Didn't like, did did Fred Van fleet play too? I
0: feel like one of their guards went down as well. He,
1: he (laughs) also played really good ball for, um, (laughs) nine (laughs) to five. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of on,
0: it's kind of unfair in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it definitely seems unfair. All right. Finally, last question. The name, the G league name has gotten some criticism. Personally, I think it's great. What's your opinion on the G league name? I want to hear your opinion first. All right, so if if you are a person who says the G League, that's a terrible name. By saying that, you are implying that you think the D League was a good name. The D League was a terrible name. D League 1, if it's just called the Development League or the Developmental League, that's a bad name. D League implies there actually could be an A League, B or C League. You know, like like D-list celebrity? Saying a D-league is like, oh, there has to be more leagues. A G-league is like, oh, there's definitely not an A through F league. That's just ridiculous. G obviously stands for something. So, yeah, G-league. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying in a vacuum it's the best name ever. I'm saying it's better than the D-league, so why are we upset about it?
1: It definitely took a bit of time for me to get used to, especially uh, with the uh, Gatorade sponsorship because, you know, that hasn't been – Done in a pro sports league, like it's done in NASCAR and you know PJ golf, but who cares about that? Well, it's, not, it's is, done
0: in it's done in soccer, you know, like in, yeah. in international soccer, is done all the time.
1: Yeah, and 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 the puns are a lot better with D-Leaguers. Uh, like D D-league alums, You can call them oh uh, geez, yeah, um, like that. <laughs> uh, there are also some other puns that I have listened past, but have uh, have escaped my memory. So. <laughs> Uh, while it took me a uh, a little bit to get used to the G League name, especially uh, when people are calling it the NBA Gatorade League, it's the
0: same uh, thing. Like like it's like yeah. the the, the Coca Cola Championship or whatever. Like like you know that's it's. I think it's, we should get used to it. I think the Gatorade League is fine. I think it's something we will get used to. Uh, international soccer does it. It, it. It's no big deal. Like, like like we'll get into it. I I, I feel like calling a league. I mean, I guess maybe we're just accustomed to minor league, but calling it a, a development league—I don't know—just it seems condescending. It's—it's it's
1: like it's like a s- development league is like a synonym, though. Just call it the practice. League. how about the practice league? The practice league or or, or practice. The, the, the pr- we're talking yeah. about practice, exactly.
0: How about the scrimmage? The, the, the games. P- the practice scrimmage league brought to you by Gatorade. The practice scrimmage league. Come on, Keith. Well, I'm saying that's they're what playing the games. That's they're what, playing the game That's what practice. development league screams to me. It's like, oh, we're just goofing off here. Fine, we're just running drills. You're about to practice. I'm all about how this. All are, Gator, all are Gatorade, are Gatorade send me a check. You're supposed to
1: get better by practice. <laughs>
0: yeah, Gatorade, send me a check. I'm all in favor. Uh, I will plug I'm the G League. I'm wearing a G League shirt right now as we speak. Impressive. Yes. All right, well, hey, Dakota. Thanks for making time to come on the show. Uh, tell people where they can uh, follow you online and uh, check out your stuff.
1: Follow me on Twitter, Dakota underscore Schmidt. Um, I am I live tweet every single uh, Bucks game, whether you know it's you know good or not. I on a regular basis freak out about uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, but uh, I'm also gonna be tweeting more about the. NBA G League. So if you want my analysis or links to any of my articles, then give Dakota, D A K O T A underscore S C H M I D T a follow on Twitter. That sounds great. All right. Thanks, Dakota. Look forward to
0: talking with you soon. Yep. All right. Thanks to Dakota. Check him out on Twitter for all of his stuff. He writes a lot about the G League. You can get a lot of information by following him. If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for someone in your life who maybe needs a shave, might I suggest a fine Harry's Razors subscription? It is some of the nicest shave gear I've ever received. Uh, I might be losing my beard just because I want to use it so bad and because of how much John says he loves it. So if you want a free trial, all you have to do is go to harrys.com slash break. If you want to support the show directly you do that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast you get some exclusive bonus content over there when you do that all right you guys you can follow me on twitter at fast break break like us on facebook you guys are the best thanks for listening and remember breakfast is the most important thing
1: Yeah, never will apologize for being G. Fab break, break, man. You understand?